Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah, I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. This is Cruise Radio. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. This is a bonus episode of Cruise Radio. My name is Doug Parker, and this is a review of Carnival Magic, a six-night cruise we taped last month before everything got crazy. I hope you enjoy it. Andrew just returned from a six-night cruise aboard Carnival Magic out of Port Everglades. It was a Eastern Caribbean sailing. He joins us on the line. Hey, bud. Hey, Doug. So as we always do, give me some pre-cruise thoughts. Well, I get a uh, couple weeks of vacation, but I have to take a week, so Monday through Friday. I always try to find a cruise that lines up so we can either uh, cruise out on Saturday or cruise out on Sunday. It kind of just lined up with pricing, the time. We always cruise uh, late January. So with everything kind of lining up there, this was the cruise that we picked. What part of the country do you live, Andrew? We are in uh, central Wisconsin, a suburb of Wausau, so basically right smack dab in the middle of the state. Okay, so you make your way from Wisconsin down to South Florida. Any pre-cruise time? Yeah, we did fly in the day before. Uh, We usually, I mean, every cruise has been a little different on what we've done, but this cruise, being with people that have never cruised before, we wanted to make sure we gave them enough time to prep and figure everything out. So we flew in the day before. We actually landed quite early. It was uh, just afternoon that we landed in Fort Lauderdale. Um, I am uh, um, have status with Hilton, so I used points to book the Hilton Marina. Um, beautiful hotel. Uh, stayed yeah. th- uh, stayed there uh, with a uh, balcony that overlooked the port, so we nice. saw all the ships come in uh, that uh, or all the ships that were already there when we got there, and some left that evening. And then just kind of grabbed a lift and went around town and went to a restaurant that we've been to before for really good tacos. Rented some scooters, went around town that evening, and then just kind of hit the sack early, went to bed, and woke up the next morning ready to cruise. Well, I'm glad I have you on, Andrew, because Tommy, his next group cruise over at the Always Be Booked podcast is Carnival Magic, and I've gotten about 10 emails asking for a current review of this ship, and you're pretty much lining up with the same itinerary they're doing, so... uh, so we're going to jump right into this. So you make your way to Port Everglades. How was embarkation? Embarkation was probably the smoothest we've ever had. We booked a suite once and loved all the perks that you get with the suite. And since then, we've always done faster to the fun because suites are very expensive and they can't usually justify that cost all the time. So we had faster to the fun. I think our boarding time was supposed to be 1130 And we left early because we saw that traffic was starting to line up there. Uh, There's some construction at the, uh, I believe it's Terminal 23, I think, is where they're leaving from. So there's some construction there. And so we were in traffic for maybe five, ten minutes, not as bad as we thought. We actually arrived at the port at 11, and we were on the ship ten minutes later. It was the fastest we've ever gone through. Um, All the check-in right on the ship after that, no problem getting through. Wow. So you said you've been on a dream class ship before. What were your impressions this time around? So getting on the ship, um, it was very reminiscent of the dream. Our last two cruises were on the Vista and the Horizon. And I can appreciate what those ships have to offer. I I, kind of like the latest and greatest. It's really, really cool to see what they're doing. 
but there's just something about that atrium that you walk in on the magic. It made me, our first cruise ever was on the Carnival Conquest. Mm -hmm. And walking on there, that atrium just like brought flashbacks to our first cruise. And now like, I'm already looking at like 2022 to go back on um, the Conquest because it, it just has a feeling that, I don't know, I like the latest and greatest, but something about that like, Vegas style lighting and just I know some people don't like that old style that Carnival has, but hearing some of your other interviews, I just can really appreciate that era of cruising the the 90s and those ships that came out of that. So I don't know. It just is is very reminiscent. I kept on having flashbacks when we walk around the ship just of that color scheme and Mm -hmm. um, the signs. So, yeah, that was actually the very last ship that Joe Farkas, the guy who designed all those ships prior, um, worked on. So there's a little influence there in like the theater in some of the public spots. But that was Carnival's real turning point where you can kind of see they kind of started steering in the other direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I specifically I mean, the artwork down the hallways of the um, the rooms kind of had that feel to it. But then it, I'm not sure if they refurbished it or if it was how they designed it originally. But I, I remember seeing all this, a lot of wood grain, like different tones of wood grain mm-hmm. on Vista and Horizon. And then on this ship, on, on the Magic, the doors and then certain panels in the hallway had that same gray kind of wood grain that looked a little more modern. So I'm not sure if that's something they added, but it definitely made it kind of feel like it was bridging that gap between the uh, the older ships and the new ships. You make your way to your stateroom. Uh, you touched on it earlier. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? This one, we went back to interior, which we haven't been in since our first cruise. We walked in and just was were very impressed with how spacious it was. When we were on the Conquest on our first cruise, we had a deck one all the way forward. You couldn't go any more forward. If you go any more forward, you'd hit water. And I remember that room just being cramped tight and just not comfortable. This room was uh, deck nine uh, midship, and it felt really not much different than the balcony we've had, except the fact that there's no balcony. It felt very spacious, had enough closet space. We, I mean, we were unpacked right away, got the luggage under the bed, and yeah, it felt like we still had room to spare. You may already know this, but Carnival has some of the largest interior staterooms at sea at 185 square foot. Uh, Royal Caribbean's, their older ships are 114. and NCL, their older ships are 125. So, uh, yeah, it's um, a lot bigger in comparison. Okay, wow, yeah. I, and I've heard you say that before, and it makes me kind of not want to go on other ships for interior rooms. But, I mean, the reason specifically we did an interior here was just to save some cash sure. because— we're going to be cruising on the Mardi Gras next January, and that was a little pricey. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Let's talk about the dining now. There's a couple of specialty restaurants on Carnival Magic. Did you do any? Uh, we did. Kind of hit, I think, a little bit of everything, with the exception of the seafood shack, which was one thing I wanted to do, but mm-hmm. it never really lined up with us being hungry at the right time or wanting that much food. Because I, I love fresh seafood, and up in Wisconsin, we do not have any right. sort of I fresh seafood. Say. Any place right. that says it's fresh is lying. So <laughs> wanted that, but I actually got enough like satisfied from seafood at the ports and um, seafood in the main dining room. That's the only one we didn't do. We had Pig and Anchor for lunch the first day, which was great because there was absolutely no line. And I love Pig and Anchor. It's, I mean, it's 
some of the best food I've had on the ship. But we did pizza a couple times. And I mean, Carnival doesn't disappoint with pizza. Great pizza. We actually went there multiple, quite a few times, but got delivery twice. We actually got delivery uh, through the Carnival Hub app uh, for that $5 fee when we were unpacking our luggage. Guys, uh, burgers, obviously can't miss that. I was a little more self-controlled on this cruise, and we only went there twice. I always get the Ringer Burger. It's my favorite. But, uh, yeah, only went twice, and the line there was always long. So I don't mind not having to wait that long for a guy's burger. Where else do we go? We did uh, Blue Iguana. I, for the first time, got one of their um, salad bowls, and that was outstanding. I believe my wife and my sister-in-law went there for breakfast a couple times and were very impressed. I haven't had it yet. The deli, I think, is one of the most underrated places for food on the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, I always went when there wasn't a line. It was kind of either for a snack in between meals or late night when the buffet was kind of shut down and there wasn't a whole lot to get. Um Really, really like the deli. Um, we did room service a couple times, and this is the first time we've done room service, and we did it multiple times throughout the cruise, and never had a mistake on any of ours. I remember on previous cruises, we it was like you'd order coffee and you'd get tea, or you'd order um, grape jelly and you'd get strawberry. I mean, it was just it was all there, but it was never always correct. But this time crazy fast service always got it right away uh within a half an hour of ordering it it was always correct and um it was really good too i mean the food was always hot when it came to Casita del capitano we went once for dinner mm-hmm. um that's one of our my wife and i it's one of our favorite uh, spots we love italian one of us usually always gets a risotto and uh this time we tried to steer away from that uh, just because we've always had it we want to try some other things and um, my wife got the Branzino and loved it. I actually don't remember what I got. I think I got, it was a different veal dish that I haven't seen before. Outstanding dinner there. Let's see, we did the pasta bar in Cucina del Capitano once for lunch. I would say it's average. It's not the best pasta I've had. It's very quick service kind of thing. So, I mean, it was not bad, but um, I wouldn't go out of my way to do that. Did the um, main dining room for breakfast. We usually don't do that. It was one of their port day breakfast uh, menus. And uh, service was really slow, but I think that's because we sat at a large table with other people uh, that we didn't know. And because they took all of our orders at the same time, it's kind of like they waited until all of our food was ready to bring it out. So service seemed a little slow, but the food was really good. I got some kind of breakfast uh, platter that had... So, like some salad on it, had uh, some uh, so, um, soft-boiled eggs, some meat, uh, some jelly, and that was really good. And then the buffet. I mean, I'm not big on the buffet. I usually hit it if I need a snack here and there, but it just – this one really did not seem that great. And I also really didn't need to stop at the buffet very often. The line seemed very long, and there was always something else I was in the mood for. So it didn't hit the buffet at all. Um, other than to grab a snack once every night, other than the one time that we went to Casino del Capitano, we were in the main dining room. It was probably one of the best experiences we've had. I know, uh, the last interview I did with you, we did, um, anytime dining and I was very disappointed with that this time because we booked far enough in advance. We did the, uh, early dining, which is my usual first preference. Um, I like that set dining time because you can kind of plan your schedule around it. And then you always have the same wait staff. And that's just something I really appreciate on Carnival is how well they cater to you. I mean, yeah. we had the drink package, so I always get bottled water. I like Pellegrino. After the first night, every time when we got to the table, 
immediately there was already a bottle of table, a bottle of water that he was pouring for us. He knew uh, exactly our names every night, knew exactly what we loved, and was just great service from the main dining room staff. Did you feel that the drink package was worth it? We got our value out of it. I wouldn't say we used it to its full potential like some people do, but I would say I had five, six alcoholic drinks a day at $10 a piece. That kind of pays for it. Uh, But I mean, I added it up at the end of the cruise because you can obviously see it on your statement, um, how many times you went and what you bought um, in the app. And we spent like 200, we would have spent over $250 on bottled water alone. And we specifically make sure to order extra bottled water when we're in the dining room because you can get those really large bottles of water and take those out into the ports with us. We always made sure to get extra water there. I was grabbing bottles of water at every bar with every um, alcoholic drink just to make sure I stayed hydrated. Yes, very important. How was the entertainment on this six-night cruise? We are definitely not big into Carnival's uh, main theater shows. Um, We even peeked in on a couple of them, and I don't know. There's just something about the style of it that doesn't appeal to me. So, I mean, I think the only cruise we ever went to the shows, one was on our first cruise, and... I don't know. I was kind of cringing at the the I don't know the dancing, the yeah. kind of just very bland vocals. I just it, it's not impressive to me. I'm not going to say it was bad, but it just didn't appeal to me. We always make sure to do comedy. Comedy. We always try to get at least one show from each comedian that's on the ship um, to see how they are, and then decide if we're going to go back. Uh, The comedian that started out on this cruise, her name was Just June, and probably the funniest comedian we've ever seen on uh, any of our cruises. Um, Hands down, just gut-bursting laughing constantly. It was hilarious. She She was on the ship for two days, or maybe more than that, but she only had two days worth of shows. And one day she had four shows in one night. Uh, It was her last night on the cruise, and just... Every show was hilarious. Every show was packed full. We made sure to get there early. Next comedian, I don't remember his name. I've heard his name on other ships before, and I think we've seen him. We got there probably a half hour before comedy started, and there was already a sign out that said standing room only. So we were never able to make it into one of his shows with um, the crowd that was there. So I'm guessing he was great. But, I mean, it's one thing I would definitely say for comedy. If you want to see any of the comedy shows, get there as early as possible. I know when they do it in the um, nightclub on, like, Vista and Horizon, they don't open the doors until, like, 10, 20 minutes before the show. And then they make you leave in between shows. This one was at the the lounge in the back of the ship. And we got there um, for one of um, June's shows – um, like an hour early and just played Yahtzee and some um, table card games in the back uh, while we were waiting um, before the crowd kind of entered in. So we got good seats and they never kicked us out. They never had the door shut before the show. You could go in at any time in between shows. They didn't make you leave. So I definitely liked the format of how they did comedy on this ship versus uh, Vista and Horizon. And then as far as like in the, in the main theater, we did go to the Hasbro game show, which I tr- – screamed my lungs out to try to give him the most energy to get on stage and our cruise director was simon london and he made eye contact with me a couple times i'm on the bench jumping up and down trying to make some noise to get on the game show and he just kept on passing me up and i don't know if i just had 
too much in, too much energy and he didn't like that or what his deal was. But uh, didn't get on the Hasbro Game Show, but still a fun experience. And then uh, the other um, show we went to was the Love and Marriage Show, which we've been to a couple other times. And that is definitely – it. that one I feel like is very based how, – how good it is is based on the cruise director. And we went to a Love and Marriage Show that um, Mike Pack did, and that was – hilarious uh simon with this one was just as funny i mean he really really pulls out all the stops and it, i mean it is an 18 i think it's an 18 plus show it was hilarious not too raunchy kind of pushed the envelope a little bit but it was it was really funny and then usually throughout the cruise we find ourselves in the casino a few nights and um this time actually hit it big on one of the wheel of fortune slots winning i think i put a couple hundred dollars in and walked away with 1300 so not complaining at all there in the casino. Well, speaking of the casino, how was it with the smoking situation? Knowing that I was going to uh, do an interview with you, I was very just kind of paying attention to that. Oh. And I would say when the casino is really busy, so the the nighttime after 9 o'clock, I would say if you don't like cigarette smoke whatsoever, it's it's not terrible, but it's not not noticeable. I mean, there are quite a few uh, tables and machines that are um, smoke-free. You can still smell it in those areas, but it's not like you're suffocating from it. But the one thing I did find interesting is the bar in this one is located kind of right along that promenade, right in the back of the casino. On the other side of that wall is um, the midship elevators. And on the other side is the pixels area where they do the tablets. They, I know they have a separate deck where they have pixels printed out pictures, mm-hmm. but they had a little section of tablets there. Whenever we came off of those midship elevators to go to Red Frog or Comedy, which are on the back of the ship on that same floor, you always smelled smoke right in that area. So if you're looking to go from the front of the ship to the back of the ship, I would avoid um, – I think that's deck five. Yeah, I'd avoid deck five just because – that midship elevators, just there was always smoke there. Yeah. Um, and the same thing on the other side. I will say that the smoking areas outside um, throughout the ship were not bad at all. There was enough of a breeze on this cruise that you never really smelled it as you were walking past unless someone was blowing it in your face and never really had that issue. Um, and then when uh, Carnival does their uh, their movies on the deck, I usually try to find those uh, nice chairs off to the side of the ship where they have a smoking area and have a cigar while I'm watching a movie. And that area was never really packed for the movie. So it was nice to be able to enjoy a cigar without having cigarette smoke being blown all over me. How were the sea days with crowds and congestion? I'll say that we had outstanding weather this whole cruise. I would say upper 70s, low 80s. Never was it too windy. And we never had a drop of rain. Um Perfect weather, which means the deck was always full. So on one of the sea days, we tried going up to Serenity to grab a chair and just kind of hang out up there for a while in between some stuff going on. And it was packed and there were people standing waiting for chairs or kind of roaming around for chairs. So we never were able to take uh, advantage of Serenity. And then really the only deck chairs that were available were that kind of midship area where there's really nothing to see if unless you just want to lay down. Those are the only chairs we found open. Uh, aft um, was always packed, and then the uh, pool deck was always just packed. But it was the chairs. I never felt crowded anywhere uh, on the ship on sea days. I mean, even even those pinch points by guys and blue iguana, 
mm-hmm. I never had an issue having to get through there. The it, people just kind of moved along and there was no real congestion there. Um, the only time I noticed a crowd was right before dinner opened and then when comedy let out. Let's talk about your ports of call on this six-night cruise. And what we'll do here is give us the port of call and then a highlight and then move to the next one. Again, like I said, these were ports that we've never done before. So we usually – my wife and I usually don't do excursions um, on our first time. I was able to um, do a little pre-cruise research on Nassau. And found a few different things that we were looking at doing. I went off to Greycliff Cigar Company. There's three different parts of Greycliff. They have a cigar company, a winery, and a chocolate factory. All offering a free tour, a $10 tour, and then an immersive experience. And for the uh, uh, cigar company, I did the immersive experience. They give you a full tour of their facility. And then they teach you with one of their um, master rollers – teach you how to roll a cigar, uh, how to blend a cigar, and she showed me how to make one. Um, Granted, she spoke Spanish. I speak absolutely no Spanish. So it was a lot of her gesturing at her eyes to watch me exactly what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And once she showed me how to roll, I would sit down and then start rolling. And her way of telling me I was doing it wrong was giving me a little slap on the hand and saying, no, no, no. And it just made me laugh. And she was so nice. Very patient with me because I was not getting it at first, but that experience included um, three cigars, the one she rolled and then the two that she helped me roll. I'll leave it to the professionals, but it was a really cool experience. Sounds pretty cool. Where'd you go next? Pretty sure it was Amber Cove next. We were kind of tired from the day before, so we really just went out, walked around, explored the port, um, got our few souvenirs, saw what there was to offer. I know it's a, I think it's a carnival um, corporation port. I saw there's a, like a water park or something off to the side. I didn't really do much research to find out what was available, mm-hmm. but we kind of got off, did our little walk around and got back on the ship and just kind of relaxed while the ship was still uh, somewhat empty. And then your last port of call. Last was uh, Grand Turk. My uh, sister Alana, and her husband did a stingray snorkel experience that they said was it wasn't too crowded. They were the first one, the first group there. So they had kind of free run of the area. They said it was just outstanding. Um, had a really good time doing that and showed us lots of pictures, got a hold of Stingray. That's not really my thing yet. I mean, maybe in the future I'll look at doing something like that, but it was on my list of things that I have to do no matter what. If we dock there, I had to go there, was Jack Shack. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear everyone talk about it. Um, I actually have a standard red poodle, so I wanted to meet um, Topher, but unfortunately, um, with him passing away, wasn't able to do that. But I did get to meet Calypso, and she is just a sweetie. Um, she was uh, It was hot out that day. She was just kind of drinking water and would lay in the shade here and there. When I went to pick up my jerk chicken that was outstanding, some of the best jerk chicken I've had, I bought a bottle of sauce to bring home. When I went up to get the chicken, uh, she was getting a drink of water and kind of sat down on the steps right out front and got a nice picture with her. That jerk chicken, for the price you pay, I mean, that was just outstanding. Um, I haven't had better jerk chicken than that. I'm curious, does Calypso like to play in the water like Topher did? She never went in the water, okay. um, so I don't know. Maybe she. I mean, we didn't get there until it was probably early afternoon. If Calypso was playing in the water, it might have been earlier in the day. But as long as I was there for the good 
I think we were there a good hour at least. Um, she was just kind of walking around the crowd and kind of hanging out in the shade. So you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was disembarkation? Again, it was the best we've ever experienced um, as far as getting off the ship. Um, with having patched for the fun, they give you a sheet that tells you what time to meet in the lounge, um, which for us was 630, which was early. But uh, we did have an earlier flight, so we wanted to make sure to get there airport in time. So we were down there at um, 6.30, and last time when we had Fashion of the Fun, we sat in the lounge for maybe a half hour, and then they started filing us out. This time, we came down in the elevators, and they were already lining us up off the ship. Um, by the t- I mean, we were moving, and they had us off the ship as soon as we got down there. Once we got in by customs, there was probably a good 100-plus people in front of us. Mm-hmm. But still, by the time we, I would say, shipped a curb, 15, 20 minutes at the most. Any first-time tips to offer someone either sailing the Eastern Caribbean or Carnival Magic? Definitely, if you want that deck chair to get there early. Um, the One morning I did a um, the hole-in-one contest at 9.30. I was walking around at 8 on my way to get breakfast, and there was towels on chairs everywhere. And that was a sea day. I don't know if there was many open chairs. So if you want a chair... Get there early. I will say, if you're on Carnival, I mean, I haven't cruised any other cruise line, but if you're on Carnival, you you need to check out comedy. It's it's one of the best things that Carnival offers, and I've never seen a show that I didn't like. And with them offering the PG show earlier and the R shows in the evening, they really have something for anyone with that comedy. And like I said, never seen a bad show. I've gone to shows where the same comedian does uh, the PG and the uh, rated R, and they really have a good format for doing that. They they don't slip up in their PG shows, and they really let loose in the rated R shows. Other than that, really just explore the ship as early as you can on that first day. That's something that I've always be. I go to the room, drop off our luggage, and then just walk around before the ship is full of people because on uh, Vista and Horizon both times, I thought I saw it all, and then on the last sea day, we're walking a different route, and all of a sudden, there's something I didn't realize was there. So there's stuff, really, on every ship that I've been on with Carnival that you need to explore that ship, get a good feel for where everything is, and then really pay attention to the uh, the Hub app because they really list all the open times and what there is to offer um, on that app. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight for you? Highlight, I would definitely say, was Jack Shack. Like I said, the best jerk chicken I've had. I'm a foodie, and I would easily go back next time and sit there for much longer. Drinks were great, um, and now I got to meet the the new dog. So um, Jack Shack was definitely the highlight. Well, we're going to wrap this up, buddy. So in closing, your final thoughts of Carnival Magic. Carnival Magic overall, uh, a great ship. Uh not so much that you're overwhelmed with everything to do, but enough that no matter what kind of group you're hanging out with, there was definitely something for everyone. Probably would want to go back to that um, Conquest or maybe even some of those early ships, but I kind of want to check out the Mardi Gras. That's definitely the next go-to thing. We've been talking with Andrew about his six-night Eastern Caribbean cruise aboard Carnival Magic. Andrew, thanks for stopping by and sharing your review. Thank you, Doug. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got here, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify 
Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.